McMullen, welcome once again to the World Snooker Tour podcast, and it's great to be joined today by one of five Leicester players currently on the main tour. It's Ben Wollaston. Ben, thanks for joining us. Thanks, thanks for having me. People say a lot these days, Ben, that the junior scene in Britain is struggling a bit and there isn't much talent coming mm. through. But when you were on that scene around about the early to mid-2000s, it was absolutely thriving and a lot of really good players were around at that time. Yeah, um, I think we were nearly the last uh, last group of youngsters. Then, obviously, Jack Lazowski and Kyron group were a couple of years behind. But, yeah, there was um, 20 you know, regular hundred makers, um, you know, Judd, Jimmy Robertson, Gary Wilson, Jamie Cope, Mark Allen. Yeah, there was loads of us. Brilliant grounding, wasn't it? Playing against opponents of that quality and so much talent at such an early age. Yeah, was, um, I, I put a lot of it down to Malcolm Fawn uh, running the tournaments at Leicester. Um, the excitement with juniors back then, uh, they were probably more excited than players are now in big tournaments. When you came on to the tour at an early age, you actually got some good results early on, but it's very hard to get a few results together, isn't it, and turn that into a long run in a tournament? Yeah. My, well, my first few seasons as professional, there was six tournaments. We started in October, September or October, and my season, if I lost in the World Championship, which I did, I think it was over end of January. So it was like a four-month season. Um, yeah, so it was hard to do well then really and the thing as well at that time when you've so few events Mm. it's not like you can remind yourself during a match if you're under pressure that there's another tournament next week every match had so much riding on it and everyone was under so much heat at that time yeah um yeah every first round you just had to win really uh, back then and if you lost it um you know it could be another month or two to the next match yeah there's a lot of players in your position that came onto the tour around that time, dropped off. And then around the time you came back, things really started to take off. And there were a lot more tournaments to play in, including all the PTCs that we had around a decade ago. Quite early on, when you came back on, you actually won one of the PTCs. Yeah. So fantastic to have a professional trophy under your belt. What are your memories of that tournament? Uh, main memories were um, I got married uh, about two months before. And I was waiting for Tatiana to come and live with me in the UK. And I knew she was coming the next morning at 6am after the tournament. So I was just happy, really, the whole tournament, those three days. Um, I remember quarter semis and final. I played all three Scottish players. That's right, yeah. Um, uh, I beat Graham Dot in the final. And I, I just, I, I was just so happy on, on a height at that time, um, just because Tatiana was coming over. So I think that probably helped me in that tournament. So you obviously had a great frame of mind at that time. It brought out the best in you. Do you think back to that now and try to think of ways you could get yourself into that way of thinking again? Um, no, I think I'm pretty relaxed. And, you know, I, I think I'm still probably a better player than I was then. But, um, you know, it's just hard to have, uh, you know, to keep doing that. You must have been exhausted because your run through that tournament. You played Rod Lawler, Ken Doherty, Alan McManus, Graham Dott, as you say, in the final. Four great battlers. Nothing comes easy against any of them. So you really had to earn that win by beating a lot of very experienced guys. Yeah, I, I remember that was... Um, I think that tournament in particular, it might have been like the highest entries in a PTC. I think there was nearly 300 in it. 
Uh, there was a lot of players. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I played McGill in the semis. That's and, right. Um, yeah. I, want, I remember winning four 0 I think, and uh, my highest break was. I don't think I had forty, um, and he had like three fifties. It was a really odd match. That format seemed to suit you really well because back then, of course, if you did well in the PTCs, you got into the grand finals mm. and you were in there a number of times. You made a one four seven actually in one of the PTCs. That format where you've got so many short matches coming one after the other, it really seemed to bring out the best in you. Is it maybe a case of you're one of these players who just likes to keep going and not stop and think too much about it? Yeah, I, th- I think short matches yeah, probably, probably suit me just because used to like pro-ams all the time they were best of fives best of sevens all the junior tournaments I was playing four at least four tournaments a month as an amateur and they were never more than best of seven so maybe that has something to do with it and you have shown though that in a longer format you can excel also so I'm thinking particularly of the Welsh Open right yeah. where it was full length certainly towards the later stages in the semi-finals, perhaps the best win of your career against Mark Williams, a really dramatic match. He came back at you, but you finished so strongly in the decider. Yeah, um, that was amazing because uh, just such a great crowd and you know beating a player of his quality in 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 his you know hometown really. Mm. Um, I remember that match that every frame I won, I was brilliant, and every frame that I lost, I was really poor. So I made a break, I think, in every frame I won. But um, I probably should have won the match uh, easier. But it was amazing to win it like in the decider. So what was that like then? Obviously, it got a lot easier. You've beaten Mark Williams, one of the greatest of all time in the semis. And then you only have to play another all-time great the very next day in the final. How were you feeling going into that against John Higgins? Um, I was just on such a high. It was all so new to me. Um, yeah, he he was my uh, idol when I was a junior, um, but obviously that had gone by now because I, I think I'd already played him before. Um, I don't think I don't really remember, but I'm not sure if I was thinking of definitely winning. I was just going to try and enjoy the final. And did you? Um, not 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 afterwards, no, because I, I didn't I didn't play anywhere near I would like to. Um, That's my memory of it that you did have chances and. For the first session, you, you hung in pretty well, but then he sort of powered on at night. I do remember uh, one shot in particular. Um, I was It looked certain to go four, four each, um, and I snookered him. I was 23 in front on the green, and he had the craziest fluke on the green to clear up, to go 5-3 up. And then in the evening session, as soon as he won the, last, uh, the first frame, I think personally I, I didn't believe I was going to win then against someone of his class. Um, which I shouldn't really think like that, but at the time, um, yeah, I wouldn't. I didn't give in, of course, but um, I think I felt like I wasn't going to win. It's amazing how often that happens, isn't it? In a two-session match, how you look back on the last frame of the first session is so often the key one, and it was the same again in that one. Yeah, because I think if it had gone four, you know, I was four going into the last session, then I'd have had, obviously had a, probably a great chance to be able to win, but you know. Just a couple of shots later, I'm um, 6-3 down and uh, chasing him. Ben Wollaston, what a fabulous tournament he's had. He's beat some great players. Mark Williams, Mark Allen, Ali Carter. But it was one bridge too far this time. 32. But he'll 33. improve a lot from this. Getting to his first major final. He'll be better for it. 
What a great performance from John Higgins. He's back in the winner's circle again. He talks to Ben Wollaston. Ben will obviously be very disappointed, but a delighted John Higgins gets a standing ovation from the crowd. He knows, and they know, it's been a long time, but he's absolutely delighted to be back in the big time. John Higgins wins the Bet Victor Welsh Open for the fourth time. So that's over six years ago now, obviously, Ben, since wow. that final. Yeah. 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 So how's it all been since then, would you say? How would you sum up the years since that Welsh Open final? Um, not, not brilliant. Um, I've had a few uh, tournaments where I feel like I played really well and uh, I was probably a fraction away from you know doing that again. I don't really particularly remember which tournaments, but... Um, I've still played some good stuff at times, but just not as often as I, I would like. And when you look back through your career, it's surprising to note a player of your quality has only actually been to the Crucible on one occasion. Is there any reason for that? Do you find that, that too much pressure in the world qualifiers, uh, or is it just the way it's gone? Uh, not not being uh, big-headed or anything, but they come out with funny stats, but I personally think I'm the best player <laughs> to only play there once. Everyone <laughs> would agree on that, yeah. Um, I've lost some real yeah bad matches. Um I lost four or five ten eight, ten nines within six years mm. getting to the crucible. Uh I don't I don't, I think I'd probably put extra pressure on myself because I just want to play there so much. Um but I have no idea why I've not got there again. Well maybe you've answered your own question there that it means so much to you that yeah. maybe that gets in your way a bit. Yeah, because it, it's I think it's two thousand and thirteen that I got to the crucible. And it's crazy that I really don't believe, I can't believe how I've not got there again. So, um, yeah, hopefully next year. So talk to me about what sort of a player you are then, Ben. What would you say are your strengths and also the things you'd like to be better at as a player? I think personally I'm a very, very clever player um, with just, you know, playing with Selby and growing up in that era. I know everything really. It's just... Uh, yeah, I obviously need to uh, score better. Really, that's the you know the most important thing. Really, because if you look at all the top players, they make far more centuries. Um, it's not all about that, but you need to make you should be you know you need to make twenty or thirty centuries a season. I think to be uh, you know a winner, a regular winner. Because you're a very good potter. Is yeah. it maybe that your cue ball control is taken out of it? Yeah, um, that's I, a rueful laugh. I get. Um, I get jokes about it probably from nearly every player off the you know on the tour about my cue ball control. I think there's worse than me, but yeah, yeah, it definitely should be uh, better. I could really land you in hot water by asking you to name names as to who you think the guys are that are worse, but don't worry, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so is that something then that you can work on, or is it a case that maybe you just have to accept there are some things you're not quite as good at as you are in other departments? No, I think um, you know if I really you know worked hard on it I, I could improve it um not saying i'll be like uh ronnie or ding or someone like that but um yeah i think it's just a, a feeling thing with me if, if if i'm playing well and feeling good my cue ball will be better um but if i'm having an off day i can still pop silly balls i guess um and keep the break going but obviously it's better to be in position Neil Robertson famously had a chat with Stephen Hendry and it transformed his whole career because he started thinking differently about break building. Is that something you've tried to do with consulting another player, maybe just having a chat with one of the great heavy scorers? Someone like Mark Selby, maybe. No, I haven't. I haven't, actually. No, um, 
I think um, practice. Well, I haven't played practice with him for quite a while, but uh, Gil. But um, when I when I play with him, I see how easy he makes a break. Ridiculously easy. Um, he can have like so many centuries in a day, and he's never had a hard shot really. So yeah, I, I try and watch exactly what he does to see um, why he makes it so easy. There is one thing that you're renowned on the circuit for as having a real speciality. It's nothing to do with snooker at all. You're snooker's coffee expert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So where does that come from, Ben? I just love coffee. Um, Wherever city we we go to, I'll be searching for the uh, best coffee shop. Um, I'm not saying I'm an expert, but yeah, I know good quality coffee between normal. I like my mid-morning coffee every day, Ben. So what should I be looking for? What makes a good coffee? I think all the chains are no good, but independent ones really. Um, I think a good coffee is what because uh, most people have like a, a latte, big, like loads and loads of milk. See, if I had that, I, I couldn't taste the coffee. So I like to have a. Just, Do you like it nice and simple? Either espresso or a, a cortado, like a small bit of milk in it. Uh, if the coffee's good, I feel like everyone should be able to drink it. Um, but what makes it, it good? Is it the taste? Is yeah, the it taste the way it leaves you feeling? Or is it both? Uh, yes, being strong and smooth um, and not bitter. Because, um, you know, sometimes if it tastes bad, it can taste like the coffee's burnt. Mm. So it depends how the person makes it. But I always look for independent coffee shops because I think they care a bit more. And do you drink a lot? I mean, are we talking several cups a day? Uh, no, I limit myself to two cups a day, but yeah, one or two. Would it be something that you would avoid before a match, particularly? No, no, I wouldn't. I, I, I would avoid having excessive mm. coffee because you might start shaking or something. And does it ever get to a point where, now that you have this reputation, if you go to a new city, other players say, Ben, where's a good place to go for a coffee today? Uh, there's a there's a there's a couple, but not not too many of the players are that into it. Mm. Yeah. Tell me about the Leicester group because, as I said, there Ben, there are five of you on the circuit now. Do you kind of form a unit on the tour together, or is it just a case that you just happen to all come from the same place and you just mix with everyone? Uh, I just mix with everyone. Um, you know, I mix a lot with probably Mark than the other Leicester players just because. Um, I was around him more and, you know, I get on with Louis and Joe, but um, they're from a younger era and I hadn't really even, I hadn't seen Louis play snooker once until he actually got on the tour. So, uh, yeah, they've both done amazing as well. We've obviously spent a lot of time in Leicester the last couple of seasons, Championship League and the British Open quite recently as well. When you walk around the city, there's loads of places to play. and People talk about how in the UK clubs are closing down everywhere, but I remember one afternoon walking around Leicester and seeing several places to play snooker. Yeah, there, there's there's three in the city centre, but it, it used to be better. There was, I think when I first moved to Leicester in 99, there was like eight clubs within 10-minute walk. It was ridiculous, really. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's still a reasonably strong sort of league in Leicester as well, so... Yeah, it's quite a popular place for snooker. Yes, sir. Mark Selby is still to be beaten in the Scottish Open. Only his second appearance, and he has successfully retained the title. From the 6th to the 12th of December, snooker's top stars return to venue Cymru in Clandidno as part of the Bet Victor Home Nation Series. Book your tickets now at wst.tv. 
forward slash tickets. Let's talk about your wife, Tatiana, who you mentioned there. Yeah. I believe you're 10 years married this year. So. Yeah, 10 years lost, just in June. Yeah, yeah, well, many congratulations on that. So how did that all start? Had she refed any of your matches? I know uh, she wouldn't be allowed to now, obviously. Yeah, we met in um, Paul Hunter uh, in Firth in 2010. Um, yeah, and we, we only spoke a little bit there, um, and then we kept in contact and um we met again in prague at a ptc i remember i didn't play till saturday but she was getting there wednesday so i went wednesday which was really bad preparation for the <laughs> tournament but um it was great to spend a few days with her had she taken charge of any of your matches before she um she refereed um at the paul hunter tournament I lost first round there and uh, she refereed there was a plate tournament and I played Michael Judge I remember and she refereed uh, me in that and I won really really quickly and I remember she didn't know how to pronounce my surname <laughs> that's what she says now um, but uh, that was the only match and then obviously after that within a few months we were together and then mm. um, yeah she couldn't referee me in matches after that it's a great thing to be able to tell your kids isn't it yeah their mum refereed their dad in a professional sporting match but there must be times where Tatiana is refing on one table and you're playing on another one does she ever say she gets distracted at all keeping an eye on how you're getting on no um you know it's not ideal if you're next to the, I don't think uh, we've ever been maybe once or twice the next table to each other but there's normally like a couple of tables in between us um yeah, you'd have to ask her that, but I think she's uh, pretty professional and concentrates. It must be great to have a partner who understands the game so much and you can talk to about it. Yeah. Um, she knows that I'm pretty laid back and not, if, I, if I have a really bad loss, um, I'm, I'm probably bad for a couple of hours. Um, like I just don't want to speak. Uh, I think that's true of most players. But I'm, I'm normally I'm... That's not all the time, though. It's only if it's a really bad loss, but normally I'm okay, more or less, straight away. Presumably you've been to Belarus. And it's, yeah. It's not a country that many people in, say, in the UK would know much about. So what sort of a place is it? Um, so I went in December uh, in 2010, and I remember the pilot saying uh, the temperature outside is 18 degrees, and there was a little pause, and then it says below zero. <laughs> and uh, I was like, what? <laughs> But I knew I knew I was going into like loads of snow. Um, it, I really, really like the capital, Minsk. Um, it's an amazing place to go. Is that where Tatiana's from? Uh, so, her family, her mum and dad, are from Pinsk, which is like four-hour drive away. But um, she'd been living in Minsk since she was like sixteen, studying job. So she'd been in Minsk for like seven or eight years. So yeah, that was where her home was when I went over. Yeah. And it's not your only connection to Belarus because you won a mixed doubles event, didn't you, with a oh, Belarusian yeah. player yeah. a few yeah. years back? Yeah. Um, so when I went over there, um, we used to go into the snooker club there and there was a young girl. We stayed at her house a few times as well and she's even got my old snooker queue. Um, but yeah, um, she come over, she was coming over to Leeds for the mixed doubles and she asked if I would partner her and yeah, it was great. Do you know if she's been playing since then? She what plays, she? Um, 
she's gone more into American pool now. I know she travels all over the place to China and um, yeah, I don't think she plays snooker much. The Championship League of 2020 was the first tournament back after everything just shut down. And again, going back to you and Tatiana, it was an unusual situation because even the two of you had to stay separately during the tournament. Yeah, that was was really uh, strange. Um, Yeah, so we went there um, because that was when we were just getting our food delivered to our door. We had to stay in the room for 24 hours. Um, Yeah, it was just a weird experience, but... Lucky for me, it was a good tournament. Yeah, so. you very nearly won it, didn't you? Yeah, um, yeah. I remember having back-to-back centuries, and then uh, Luca played a bad safety and left me a tricky red. Uh, if I pot it, I'd probably win the frame again. Uh, but he did amazing, really, to uh, make a break of his own, considering that he didn't have a shot for two frames. And although you didn't win it, to go that close to winning the tournament, which was all live on national television, that in itself must have been a great experience. Yeah, um, I just yeah, I was I was more uh, gutted about just not playing in Champion of Champions really because mm. I thought how many times you know will I get in that um, and I was so close to being in it. I was more gutted about that actually than winning the tournament mm. itself. Well, there's still plenty of time. Yeah, still plenty of time to do that. So what about now? How have things been so far this season for you? Um, yeah, it's been a slow start. I, I did, um, I didn't do very well in the Leicester win, uh, Leicester tournament, British Open, which was disappointing. But it's been a difficult time for you, hasn't it? You were saying to me before we started that you, you've had some some difficulties uh, with your yeah. health the last few months. Yeah, um, I had my first vaccine in the middle of May, and um, I didn't play for I didn't play snooker for two months. Um, just really, really poorly with it, and. Um, I've just not been able to practice um, anything like I would like to. So it's all just a reaction to, to that jab that you had that, that's still going on, yeah. which can happen with any jab. Yeah, um, yeah. I've not really, I've not had the flu vaccine or anything like that before, so I've not, um, you know, known. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's improving, so I'm hoping it's going in the right direction. But um, I still get really dizzy and. Uh, really fatigued a lot but um, some days I'm good some days I'm bad and is it something you can get treated for or is it a case of just hoping that eventually it fades away and you I've, get back to um, I've seen a lot of specialists and people but um, they just said uh, you know time's the best thing so hopefully it will go away I'll, uh, you know if it went away in the new year I'd be delighted I just want it to go Looking to the future then, Ben, you've still got plenty of years when you look at the ages of some mm. of the top players now. You're a long way from that. So what do you feel you can still accomplish? Um, I still believe I'll, I will win a ranking tournament at some point. Um, you know, I just think I'll have a good week and it will happen. Uh, so if you do win a tournament, depending on what it is, um, my ambitions would to play in the Masters once, you know, definitely once and... Um, Win a win a ranking tournament. If you win a ranking tournament, then you know you've got a good chance of being in the top sixteen, de- depending on which one it is. And what do you think might make that difference between being a very good player who's been consistent on the circuit for a number of years and becoming a tournament winner? Is it a case that you just have to hope there's a week where it turns out to be good enough, or do you have to take it up to a slightly higher level to become a tournament winner? Uh, I can play to a very high level. It's just obviously you need to do it most of the week. Um, so that's the hardest part. Um, you know, other, other players like uh, you know Jimmy 
Robertson winning in your that gave I think a lot of players you know obviously Jimmy's a great player but he was just like a lot of players um you know believed they could do it and he, you know he did it um so yeah um you know he gives you hope that you know it'll be your day your week where sometime and you look at Jordan Brown yeah Jordan last Brown, yeah. not yeah. only did he win a tournament but he played great and he beat Selby and O'Sullivan along the way so yeah, anything's possible I think that's what you dream about really being uh, you know winning a ranking tournament and beating Ronnie or an all-time great in the mm. final you obviously don't really care who it is in the final but when you look back it's better that you've beat someone like that is it a case Ben that if you manage to do that someday win a ranking event maybe as you say be the top player in the final that that takes you to a point where you'll always then be satisfied with your career you'll always feel that it's all been worthwhile yeah definitely um, obviously probably when you win one you, you probably want expect more, you, you want more but um, yeah if you win a, a biggish tournament I think for me um, yeah I'd always look back at that as being really good yeah. And finally, Ben, we've talked a lot about uh, your wife, Tatiana, and you have two boys, Edward and Henry, I yeah. believe. Um, very, I know, very English names. Yeah, yeah they're, they're still a bit young, but have they taken cue in hand yet, given their snooker background? Um, Edward, uh, the older one, he, yeah, he's got a bit of an eye for snooker, but he's not really that interested. He's more interested in football and tennis. Um, so, you know, whatever he enjoys. Mm. Um, but yeah, Henry's too young. He's not four yet. We'll see how see what he likes. If one of them did show a bit of promise, would you be keen to see them go into the game? Honestly, whatever they enjoy to do and uh, they're good at, I'll I'll support them all the way. Um, so it doesn't really matter to me. It, yeah, it'd be nice if they get you know played snooker, but um, I, I really like my sport, so I would love if one of them played uh, sport to a high level. Anything really. It was a great time for Leicester Sport. You've had the FA Cup this year on yeah. the back of winning the league. Would you call yourself a Foxes fan? Nah, not really. Uh, I'm originally from Surrey. I'm a Chelsea fan, but I sort of support Leicester as well because I've been there so long. Mm. But Tatiana and the boys, they support Leicester. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not been a bad year for Chelsea either with the no, Champions no. League and yeah. perhaps more to come. Ben, it's been great sitting down chatting with you today. And, uh, you know, you're someone who's been around the game a long time. And I think everyone on the circuit would love to see further success for you in the future so all the best with yeah. them. thanks for joining us on thanks. the World Snooker Tour podcast thank you cheers join me again next time on the World Snooker Tour podcast when after his amazing exploits at the UK Championship it's Luca Brassell I think a bit different than most players maybe I'm a bit more relaxed and I always see the bigger picture in life I don't it's just a game you know I, yeah probably I, I would love winning so much I hate losing but I also think it's not the most important, but I, I will always try to to win as much as I can because I love it. But after I've lost, I can immediately think like oh, it's just a game and you have such a nice life. You still have family and friends and I have nothing to worry about. So uh, why should you be negative in life? So that's coming up next week on the World Snooker Tour podcast. Until then, thanks so much for listening and goodbye.